Hello, and welcome to the Dreams of Soros podcast. Meditations and rituals on living an intuitive, creative life. Art is healing and a haven for the soul. In this podcast, I hope you get to rest and come home to yourself, your intuition, and your creative spirit. In here, we explore intuitive art, creativity, and grounded spirituality. With soothing music and sound medicine to help you access your inner being within. I'm your host, Megan, an intuitive painter, creative director, and mystic, working with art, creativity, and trauma-informed somatic modalities. So let's dive into today's episode. Creating spaces for healing and well-being is an interesting type of intuitive creation. Instead of painting with paint, canvas, and brush, you're painting with energy, light, sound, and space. When a healing space is created, its frequency ripples out and allows for transformation of a person's consciousness, energy, even planetary changes. I'm excited to delve into this topic of creating well-being for people and planet with you with my brilliant longtime friend and collaborator, Brian Burneman. Brian's energy is radiant, peaceful, and grounded. We've collaborated in the past on joint healing circles, workshops, and events, and he's always such a joy to collaborate with. His energy is palpably steady and light-filled, which brings deep transformative healing and changes to clients, whether it's through Reiki or Del Arca, sound baths or family constellation sessions, to larger corporate groups or university students, to workshops, talks, and events. Chats with him are spiritually interesting and inspiring, and I can't wait to bring this conversation with you especially for you on the path of deep internal change and transformation. Brian is a well-being leader and facilitator who has helped hundreds of people around the world lead more balanced and meaningful lives. With a background in neuroscience and more than 15 years of experience teaching and practicing yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and different healing modalities, Brian is able to synthesize modern scientific knowledge with ancient wisdom to help his clients get the results they desire. Brian has empowered people from all walks of life to realize their full potential and enable them to live a stress-free and meaningful life. Committed to conscious lifestyle practices, Brian founded Conscious Action, a movement of people inspired to live more intentionally. You can find his website and socials under the podcast show notes below. Welcome to the Dreams Source podcast, Brian. Having me here, it is such a pleasure as always to talk to you, to spend time with you and to see what comes up as all of our conversations and collaborations are always a beautiful space for enlightenment for myself as well and to see what arises in that moment. I have found through the years that we all believe that we are saying the same thing or that we mean the same thing when we are talking about something like a specific word like well-being in this case and most times we are talking about slightly different things so we have all attached different meanings to things and for me well-being well the word says it to be well in ourselves 
and that can look like having presence, having connection, having inner peace, being able to stay in a place that is balanced. That for me has been one of the key aspects of my own experience in understanding how to connect with myself better. How do I develop a better relationship with myself? And through all of that, I came to this place of balance, alignment, a place of well-being. And I noticed that well-being in all things, in a sense, is quite similar. This is why I talk a lot about our own well-being, the well-being of the collective and the well-being of the planet. We are living in a space that everything is actually connected. There's an interrelationship of everything and everyone. And if our Mother Earth is not well, and the way that we are treating her is not actually coming from a good place of the balance of giving and receiving that we have with her, if we are extracting more than what we are taking, then she's not going to be able to be well enough to provide us with what we need. And at the same time, if we are not well, we're not going to even notice that relationship that we have with her or with others to be able to behave, act and be in a place that we can actually do things well. So when I focus on well-being, this comes back to finding what is the right thing that for each of us and for us as groups and collectives and communities is going to enable us to stay well, to stay in a place of balance, to stay in a place that we are not in reaction mode, we are not in autopilot, we are not living from a place of conditioning and programming, we are actually present, connected, and choosing how do we want to respond to life. One of the most important things for me to understand is that there's always a potential for us to transform and to change. That is actually one of the only things in the universe that doesn't change is the fact that everything changes. We might not be experiencing that and we might have a perspective or a view that is not actually conducive to us realizing that, that everything changes, but everything changes. From a place of our own personal transformation, this comes from that understanding and an understanding that we might see that there's more to life than what we are experiencing or that we are not living the way that we want to live. Therefore, we can embark on a journey of self-discovery, of growth, of spirituality, however we want to call it, it is all around understanding that we might have been disconnected from certain aspects and parts of ourselves and when we are able to take the time to reflect, to embrace, to process what came before and to choose how we want to move forward and how we want to be in each moment, then we can take the steps necessary for each of us to do that transformation, to find a more connected space, a greater awareness of everything, and to find that balance and inner alignment to be well in every aspect, mind, body, spirit, actions, everything. And one of the key things that I keep on finding is that we are all different. What works for someone in their own journey doesn't necessarily need to be the exact same model for someone else. 
the practices, the traditions, the perspectives, the methodologies, they're unique to each of us, even at different moments of our lives. One of the things that I keep on sharing, both in my own journey and with others, is that we are all unique and we need to figure out for ourselves and we can resonate with things, yet we can all go into a personal transformation so that we can start to live much more consciously. I have found that there's two main groups or ingredients in this sense and those are like it was for me a sense that there is more to life that what I was living on a daily basis wasn't all that there was so I had curiosity I had an openness and I had a need to also live life differently I didn't know how but there was an innate longing or a need for seeking that out the one that I see that is the most prevalent and how with most people that through the years I have worked with is most people hit rock bottom and until they don't hit rock bottom they are not aware or willing to change Sometimes they are not aware that they need to change because they are living so in their tendencies and their patterns that they don't even see that there's something that is not going well or not balanced. But mostly when there is a health scare or someone in the family or circle dies or has an accident, or someone loses their job, something quite drastic that makes people stop and evaluate life. And I have found that for majority of people, unfortunately, it is this that takes them to explore more. And one of my aims a lot of times is to share with people how we don't need to get to that place of hitting rock bottom we can start to change we can start to heal our trauma we can start to change how we are showing up in the world so that we can actually go and do this deep transformational work as a preventative measure so I often share instead of having to take as an example like a pill when something happens making sure that we create beforehand the conditions that will be conducive so that hopefully we don't need to take a pill so that could be in any realm both for the mind for the body for our relationships so the more that we understand that we can actually prevent things from happening in one way and we can actually direct things from happening in the way that we want to then we can actually not get to that place of hitting rock bottom now there is nothing wrong with getting there and getting to the realization that okay now it's time to change what i all the time try to make sure is that we don't need to get to that place there is something more something different and why do we need to endure the super hard challenges in our lives when we perhaps don't need to another thing that i have noticed is that if someone in your family or a partner is actually embarking on a transformational well-being spiritual path then that could actually open the door as well for someone. And that was what happened with me. My parents started to go and explore more about themselves and different traditions. And through that, I was curious, I was interested, and I started to explore. So a lot of times I see this with many people that perhaps their partners 
come to my classes and then one day they bring them over and that's how they start to be introduced to a different way. So when I was younger, I used to be a very, very shy kid. I wouldn't even ask questions to anyone. I was quite a different kid than a lot of my friends, especially in the teenage years, choosing some different ways of engaging with the exploration of, of those times. And as well, I was super stressed out, even though I didn't know that that was the case. And this was one of the biggest revelations that I had when I started to, to practice Tibetan yoga and I started to get into that world. I noticed that through that practice, I was able to reconnect with my body. Up until that moment, I didn't know that I was disconnected from my body, from my feelings and from that experience and that I was so stressed out. I learned by actually doing these practices that brought me back home to my body that I was able to feel my feelings. I was able to notice how my body and my mind actually work, how I was actually so stressed out and how I had so much anger built up that I didn't know about. And it's funny because I remember my parents asking me when I was a teenager, you know, how I was feeling and I was always telling them that I was okay and they were always kind of like trying to nudge me into how are you actually feeling? How are you really feeling? And in that moment, I didn't know different. Looking back, yes, I was repressing so much And that was part of a lot of the healing work that I had to do through somatic practices, through energy practices. And this also was really interesting because I had one day I was driving. So I'm 16, 17 years old at this time. And I used to have road rage. When someone cut me off, I used to just go completely off and just swear and get super angry and everything. And one day after having been practicing for just a little bit, not so much, I realized that I didn't react in the same way. That I actually, when someone cut me off, I noticed that, oh, that happened. And there's sort of these feelings in my body. But now instead of my usual pattern of reaction, I was just able to notice the feelings in the body and process them and use them in a way that was healthy. And that kind of experience was such an eye-opening experience for me because it showed me that these practices were amazing for me, that they were so supportive for my well-being. And I started to go deeper and deeper into them. I started to go more into the Buddhist teachings. I started to go more to practice energy healing, learning how to actually do that, to explore family constellations, reading so many books. And it's so interesting looking back because if I actually would talk to some of my childhood friends and ask them, you know, like, who that person was, it's such a different person. I know that the way that I engage with myself and with others and the world is so, so different. I have done so much work to spend the time with myself and to be in a good place with myself. But I realize a lot of times it's like I have lived so many lifetimes just within this lifetime. As if, you know, the person that kept on having like those experiences, it's like, who was that person? <laughs> I, it's a lot of times hard to even imagine them. There's been so many, I mean, I could spend the entire day just sharing some of the, the experiences with you. But I noticed that one of the key things was that now I am at home within myself. 
and I am comfortable within myself in the gifts that I bring and who I am. And that wasn't at all the case when I was younger. You know, I actually take a lot of responsibility for, for my work and what I do and what I share. And I have been fortunate to have this path as what led me to share it with people. So I didn't set out to, to actually do this for work. I wanted to be, when I was a kid, a journalist. And that's what I studied and what I ended up working for some years. And in parallel, I was doing all of this work for myself. I was discovering who I was. I was discovering all of these practices, different traditions, different methodologies. And it wasn't until one day that I was asked to, to share that I was like, oh, wow, you know, I can actually do this. And it's so wonderful. But I actually share what I know. I share what I have actually learned and embodied. This is one of the things that I remember when I was living in California in the retreat center that a lot of times my teacher used to tell me to only share whenever I was leaving classes to others, only share the movements and postures that I have actually embodied. And for that, it meant a lot of times that for like 25 days, I would choose just one posture. And for those 25 days, I would just stay in that posture for 25 minutes, trying to fully understand what is this posture doing? What is the energy moving? What is the feeling experience that I'm having? And well, a lot more. And it is for me such an important path to be able to really understand and to embody what we are sharing because we need to understand where is it coming from, you know? What's the energy behind it and is this going to actually support this other person or not? Will this actually perhaps make things worse for this person? And if I am not aware of how to, to share and how to, to do things, then I might be actually making things worse for someone else. So I'm so grateful for, you know, having had the, the time and the teachers that showed me a lot of things. And I took so much from them in the way that they shared, in some of the things that I was like, okay, I love how they are doing this. I will use this. And for some others, oh, this doesn't, you know, really resonate with me or it feels like there's something that is not landing with people. So I also learned some things what not to do. And I think that this is so important in being able to, to hold space for others. Because if I am not well, I cannot hold space for you. And if I actually don't have a good vibration, and then I cannot share that space with you. And also, you know, when we look for someone to work with or to learn from certain things, we need to look not only to the what they are teaching, but how are they living that? That for me is one of the key things, you know, I, I, I share what I live by. If I would be searching for someone to share with me meditation and I see that they are stressed out in their daily life, then there is something that is not landing for that person. You know, they are sharing about meditation, but that perhaps they are not implementing it. So there's something that doesn't quite fit. And this is something for me that is so important. So. Yes, I take a lot of responsibility into what I do and, and what I share. We need to be the leaders of our own lives, taking responsibility, having courage to not being anymore the victims of our circumstances and to be the leaders to understand that we can do things 
in a certain way that perhaps we didn't know before. And when we are able to lead ourselves, then we can actually show up for others much better. This is a lot of times something that I keep on sharing, especially with all of my students at the university. They need to make themselves a priority. When you're not well, you cannot lead anyone. You cannot be of service to anyone. You cannot really help anyone to the capacity that you can if you are well. So when we actually take that responsibility, we can lead such a beautiful life for ourselves. And that is what leadership meant to me in terms of having that responsibility and taking the steps to lead a beautiful, well-rounded life for ourselves. And then if it is our role, then doing that for others, sharing with others, being leaders at home, in our community, whatever that is, being able to share that which we love and that which we know that has been helpful, at least for us. I actually think that different people have a different starting point. There's a lot of people through the years that I have worked with that their focus was more on themselves and just like me, by doing that healing work with myself, by connecting with myself, then I turned outwardly and I realized the impact of my actions on the planet. So, you know, from my own experience that was how it came about i was more interested in me and then the planet came afterwards as a realization of how interconnected we are with this one of the things that i see a lot especially you know i work a lot in the space of sustainability and social change and both at university and through conscious action and i always go back even when I'm talking about sustainability regeneration like systems change I always go back to the individual because we need to change in order for our actions to change from a change perspective even if someone has a desire to help the planet or a cause or the animals or a specific piece of land the importance of healing themselves it is so monument in terms of being able to actually do something because I know so many activists that burn out and then they won't be able to help their cause or the people that they are trying to, to support because they haven't been taking care of themselves where people come from that isn't great because they are passionate about that. They might, you know, like might hold something that is such a, a big thing for them, whether that's from a personal experience or for something that they are seeing that is an injustice in the world. That might be the fuel that supports them to actually take the steps necessary to change. But we need to change internally. We need to change how we have internalized the systems within ourselves and then from there we can actually do the change so this is why i focus a lot on the well-being of people the collective and the planet because it's all connected and it all depends on the language that we're using and the perspective that we're using based on where each person is coming from so I've been fortunate to experience and explore so many different traditions and methodologies and this is a lot of times why I'm so blessed to have done that because I can then share with each individual the right way, the right tool, the right methodology that is going to support them. I use energy healing. I learned different energy healing techniques, including Reiki, the Larka technique, and some other techniques that I didn't even learn the name. And those, you know, are 
really good for for individuals to to journey within to be able to to restore some of the their energy and to align their their different bodies and their chakras and the, their energy field it's really really important you know to to be able to to do that and i do that as well intuitively in terms of how I work with with someone energetically. I do a lot of sound healing, so I love working with with sound and vibrations and frequencies, and to understand how to to support someone to to heal something, to find relaxation just by by doing by doing that, by playing the instruments, by sharing with my voice. It's so beautiful. Then I also do a lot of somatic healing. So going back to the body's wisdom and to be able to to share different movement practices, postures that can support people to to move the energy, to stimulate energy, to bring relaxation to the body, and also to work with trauma from a body um, focused perspective. Uh, I work a lot with systemic family constellations work that heals a lot of our um, generational ties, a lot of the the different uh, traumas or blockages or big energies that came from our ancestors that we haven't been able to to heal. So that you know that's a really powerful powerful work then i shared a lot of mindfulness and meditation practices for individuals as well that they are really healing practices like perhaps it's not something that many people would think as a healing practice but the fact of being able to to be present to be with our own experience it's so so important and you know i shared this with with people as well in businesses and it's so supportive of people's well-being and each different practice that i share and, and i work with a lot more they actually are useful for different moments for different people and for different reasons and this is where i love the fact that most of the time i'm able to actually get an understanding of people to see what is the right tool the right methodology that is going to enable them to get to the place that they want to be well and to live the life that they want There is so much happening now in the world. I mean, there has always been a lot happening in the world, and now we know more. There's more information, there's more tools. The technology is amazing, and also it creates a lot of challenges for people if they don't know how to be with it. There's so many people that they are trapped in autopilot they are trapped in a loop of negativity they are trapped in relationships that aren't supportive of their well-being they might be the entire day uh, looking uh, on their phones or the computers watching the news and being drawn to a negativity and a density that perhaps is not conducive for their well-being and with all of that comes you know like a wake-up call as well for many we need to change things and we need to actually become more conscious. This is the awakening that is taking place uh, for people, as I mentioned before, like for some people like me, it's a curiosity. There's more, there's something, you know, to become more aware of and to be more present. And for some others, it's, you know, oh my God, like we are in such a bad place. Let's do something different, perhaps. The more that we can actually realize that at these moments as well i mean there's a whole energetics thing that that there's a reason why this is happening there's you know some let's call it outside forces from the universe that are enabling us to to change as we 
move towards a different vibration here on Earth and as humans that we need to do things differently and we need to wake up to the fact that things are out of alignment for many of us and for the planet and a lot of the systems that are in place now, they are no longer needed. They are outdated and we need to shift. And this is why there's a paradigm shift taking place. It might be going faster for some people, slower for some people. As a collective, it's going slowly, but from a bigger perspective, it's super fast. It is really important to create the changes that we want to actually focus on that well-being nowadays. I realized through the years that I am highly intuitive and that when I'm in a space, I just move with where the energy is flowing. And in being able to, to create the spaces, you know, when I'm working one on one, it's just getting a feeling of what is the need energetically for the other person to feel safe, to, to feel heard, to feel seen so that I can, you know, support them in the best way for them. And as well, you know, in the creation process of different projects and workshops and events and things like that, I found that for me is actually in conversations is the best way. When I share like what we've done in the past, you know, creating certain workshops, when we come together and I'm there with you, things just come to me. I cannot explain it really. Things just come and in the conversation, there are so many amazing stuff that take place that then when I'm able to work with someone like you or some other people that complement me in their skills and what they are bringing, the magic happens there because that way we are, you know, bringing all of our gifts. And for me, this is why I love collaborations so much because I know that the way that I thrive and my gifts come in the present moment, having actual conversations when I am having to just, for example, write something, it's not the same flow that I get when I'm actually in conversation. So that has been one of the main ways that I have been doing things for the last, what, perhaps eight years now, is just making sure that I honor my gifts, I honor my talents, and I honor how to bring the most out of each situation. So one of the biggest things here for me has been to understand, to run my business and to come from a place of values. What are the values of the business, of the project? Not just of myself, but, you know, as an entity. And how does those qualities actually behave? To understand that in order for a business to to be run consciously, for example, I need to understand who are the people that I am in business with, who are the partners or the clients or the suppliers, what are the, you know, like the things that they are bringing into the world? Are they doing things that actually are regenerative? Are they doing things that are extractive? There's a lot of things that are easier to see, you know, like for example, if I would work with a partner that is um, a petrol company. I know what they are doing, even though they might have a lot of money to support my work, then, you know, it's up to me to decide with my values and the values of the, my business if I want to actually partner with them or if I would prefer to do things in a way that is perhaps sustainable but doesn't make as much money as I could if I would do that. One of the things for me as well is, you know, that understanding of what's the purpose of, of the business? What's the purpose of my work? 
it's to support others to create changes so that they can actually have an impact in the world. That could look in a lot of different ways. And one of the main things is to make sure, you know, that the business also is sustainable. This needs to be there and needs to provide something for others. So if I'm not providing value for others, then the business is to close down. There's no need for the for the business. In the world of business and spirituality, th there's a conflict, of course, you know, because in this capitalist world, there's no way that a business can be completely 100% conscious, ethical, you know, everything. But it can have a good energy. It can come from a good place. To be able to understand as well, you know, the energetics of abundance. And abundance doesn't need to mean that, you know, and in the business I am making billions. If I don't need billions, then I can still be abundant with way less than that. It's about the energetics of that. And it's about understanding, yes, you know, I want this to be prosperous. I want it to be sustained. I want it to actually keep on going. But at the same time, you know, what does that actually mean? And for me, it's about, you know, being able to understand how do I want to live my life as I run my business and not make the business and money just the only priority I want, as I have done for a long time now, to choose how I want to work, when I want to work, with who I want to work with, and to understand every single day I am putting time for connecting with myself. I put in time for my practice, not just only work, work, work. This can mean something very different for different people, because we still need to make a living, we still need to pay for things in, in this world, but there's a way of doing things that are actually values-based that supports the businesses, supports our lives, supports the community and others. So through Conscious Action, you know, I, I do offer most of the things that I do as Brian Burnerman as well. And one of the, the biggest differences perhaps or emphasis is that through Conscious Action, there's a little bit extra emphasis on the environment and the collective. Whereas with my Brian Burnham brand, I focus a lot more on us as individuals. On conscious action, I focus a little bit more on that aspect. It's all related at the end of it. It's just how it is actually presented. Conscious action offers events, workshops, and also all of the services that I offer as Brian, the podcast, the Conscious Action podcast, and it's a way for people to, to connect. It's a way for people to, to learn. It's a way for people to share. It's a way for understanding how we can take conscious action in our lives, how we can actually see what's going on in the world, celebrating what's going on, And, and to bring a different perspective as well to, to lives, to bring more consciousness and awareness into our lives. My practice of meditation and movement every single day allows me to be in a space where I can actually connect with our mother, our collective mother, And that then enables me to understand at different moments, you know, what's the, the right thing to do. As I have focused on certain aspects of my impact on the earth and the footprint that I create, I focused a lot on my, on my diet. So I eat a whole food plant-based diet. I eat organic food mostly. I buy food from the farmer's market, the local farmer's market, and the organic shop, whatever I cannot find there. I am fortunate enough to be living in a house where there's a beautiful veggie garden as well, so that I can get most of my greens from there. And then the other thing that I have been doing now for the last five plus years is to 
aim to live zero waste or as low waste as possible, reducing the amount of rubbish that I create as a consumer. So I aim to buy things that won't create any rubbish. I aim to buy things that don't come in plastic so that I can actually reduce my footprint from that side. You know, I'm sure that I do other things that perhaps at the moment I'm not uh, thinking of potentially as well what I'm wearing and the clothes that I buy uh, and that can actually have a huge impact but mostly I think that it's having the time and the space to connect with her. When we change ourselves, we change the world. And that I think that is one of the biggest things. A lot of times we don't see how important we are and how much of an impact we have in the world. Each of us individually, even though it might seem a lot of times that it doesn't matter, when we change, that it has a huge ripple effect for others and for this world and for the universe in itself. They, you know, they are completely tied. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, someone's motivation might be to change the, the world and what they see that is happening uh, on the outside. And that's great. That's a great motivation as well. And they are going to be doing, uh, to take actions that are going to be supportive for change. So whether the change is uh, inner focused or outer focused it really in a sense doesn't matter because all that is happening is that things are changing and yes the change a lot of times that might be more outer focused might come from a place that is not where I personally believe that it could be coming from but you know if, if us as people haven't done the inner work then we don't know any different so, you know, as an example, I see a lot of times people that are fighting for, for the earth in my point of view, you know, like, even though I understand where that is coming from, the perspective of fight creates even greater separation and it's saying to others, you know, that they are wrong and to point fingers and to blame and to complain. Whereas if the work that is done is done from a different perspective from a different place then it could lead to a potential better result that creates greater connection that and goes beyond the influence of the invisible separation that is actually an illusion there's no separation but we have believed it I actually, I love traveling. I was fortunate that when I was a kid, my parents loved traveling. So we traveled quite a bit and I loved experiencing new places, experiencing new adventures. And later on, uh, as a more conscious person, I realized how by traveling, and discovering different places, different people, I was introduced to different perspectives, to different ways of living, to different cultures and different languages and how those languages were so connected with the way that those cultures behave and to unlearn a lot of my tendencies and patterns through seeing what's possible and what's different. And that for me is a lot of times why travel has been so important and why a lot of times I'm with my students at the university, I tell them, you know, travel when you can, especially when, when you're young and you're 20s and you're trying to understand yourself and you're trying to figure out what you want to do. It's so magical to be able to, to travel. I mean, of course, we need to have the confidence to be by ourselves and a lot of different things, especially if you're traveling solo. There's so much that we can take away from learning, from seeing different things, because then it opens our minds. It opens our minds to a different way than what we have been accustomed to. 
which is usually for most of us, we learn just one way of doing things from most of our families and cultures are, you know, quite similar in the way that they see what perhaps is the path of life or a career or success or a lot of things. So to be able to, to travel can bring so much openness. And I hope that, you know, those that are able to travel as well are able to, to learn from that. And then the other thing for me has been understanding the energetics of the different places and the energies in different places, connecting with those energies, connecting with Mother Earth in different places and levels has been amazing. So as we speak, I'm actually in the process of rebranding, which is so exciting. I haven't done this uh, really, <laughs> in not only in a long time, like I haven't done this really. I haven't actually looked at the, my work and to be able to understand what do I need to, to change and to understand what has been working, what hasn't been working that much. So this has been really, really exciting as well as to, to start working, you know, in different places. So I started working at a beautiful place that it's called the Life Center. And it's such a nice, beautiful energy and people to work with all around healing. And it has been so beautiful. And then exploring for myself, I've been doing uh, a beautiful meditation practice now for um, many years, over three years, every single day, working a lot with the quantum realm, working with healing myself on a DNA perspective and changing the blueprint of the of the of my DNA and all of the cells to bring them back to their perfection, to work with my telomeres um, to elongate them and our telomeres a lot of times dictate how we are in a sense growing old or how our body starts to break down and I'm working on the opposite I'm working on becoming in a sense younger by elongating my telomeres I'm doing that in my meditation practice so that is really really exciting as well as Recently, uh, through some work that I just started doing, I started to reconnect a lot with the Spanish language. So I usually just speak Spanish with my parents and my siblings and some people, uh, some of my clients. But majority of the time I've been just working in English and living in English for the last 15 years. So it's been really interesting reconnecting with, with the language, especially from a work perspective. To living consciously. You know, I, I always say to people, I don't promise specific results. I promise to, to be there alongside each person, each organization that I work with to be able to provide with the tools and methodologies that are going to serve them specifically, to be able to, to share my experiences, my understanding, to walk beside each person that is wanting to live a more healthy, balanced, meaningful life, to be able to work with their stress, to work with their mind, to work with their relationships, to work with the different aspects of their lives. And I am so blessed to be able to work with such a big range of people and organizations. I, I work with University, so I teach here locally in Auckland at the Auckland University of Technology. I work with businesses running well-being programs for them uh, or giving talks, uh, workshops. I work with one-on-one one -on -one with people that are seeking more balance in their life. And there's a lot of the people that I work with that have a seemingly really successful life. They're doing really well on their careers and work and potentially money. 
but they feel like there's something missing for them. So whether that is on their relationship with themselves, their stress levels, or the relationship with their family, their kids, working on that aspect, uh, really to to find a lot of uh, times the, the right people that I can actually support. I know who I can support and who I can't. And a lot of times it's so beautiful to be able to to find, you know, that people just resonate with, with what I do and to be able to, to support them with that. You know, I actually have been thinking about this lately because someone asked me about, well, the most influential person. And I was going to start talking about some teachers or some mentors. And then I actually realized that the most influential people in my life have been my parents and my grandpa. So my mom's dad, when I was a little kid, I used to spend a lot of time with him. I used to go for walks with him. He was such a beautiful person and being, and he was a, a doctor, and, and he was a big part of the, the community as a leader. And I remember, you know, just listening to him and learning from him and, and how he would encourage me to, to read the newspapers and to become more educated because I wanted to be a journalist and, and to be able to understand things and to be able to, to have that, to be able to have strong values, uh, to be part of the, the family and giving back to, to the community. I think that that was, and there's much more, but those are big things that my grandpa um, gave me and gifted me with. And then my parents. The, the journey of my parents, how they have changed, how they have grown. Just, I mean, even before I actually knew them, I, you know, before I was born, uh, the life that, that they had. But even as, uh, as I grew up to see who they were and how by committing to their growth and to their change and that for me has been super inspiring I am really in this path uh, because of them they are the most important people in my life they give me my life of course uh, I wouldn't be here without them but as well they they were the ones that opened the door for me to, to explore all of this side of my life that has been huge and, and I will always be, be grateful for them. This is actually super easy. It's what I do every single day as soon as I wake up. Conscious movement, meditation and gratitude practice. I love it in combination but sound and vibrational medicine movement, somatic practices, and meditation practices. They can find me through my name, Brian Burneman, that's on my website or on social media, or through the Conscious Action podcast, or through Conscious Action, Again, the, the website consciousaction.co.nz or consciousaction.nz on social or on LinkedIn under my name, Brian Burneman. Or if you are here in Auckland, uh, where I live at the moment, uh, come and see me in person. Thank you so much, Brian, for your time your energy and for sharing so generously of your insights, your wisdom and your stories to us. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and to connect with you. And I have no doubt that your, your wisdom and your energy will be so supportive for those people seeking deep transformation in their lives. And I can't wait for more people to connect with you through this podcast episode that we've just done. So thank you for being here. 
Ah, thank you so much, Megan, for for inviting me. As always, such a pleasure to to connect, to to share with you, and you know, to be able to be given the space to to reflect and to to share some of my journey, some of my insights, and if anybody gets any value from them, if they resonate with what I'm sharing then beautiful and thank you so much once again for inviting me and, and for having me on this beautiful beautiful podcast and space and i really honor you and our friendship so thank you if you enjoy this episode subscribe or share it with someone who you feel could be supported by this episode too And if it resonates and it feels right, it will be amazing to have your review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so that this episode and all of these other episodes can reach those who need it too. If you're looking to create a soothing, calming haven for your home, I invite you to dreamsasaurus.com where you'll find meditative paintings made with earth and plants and soothing art courses to come home to your inner being and creativity.